Mm. Live from, from the, the Mill District, district Friday, Friday afternoon deploy. deploy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this probably won't make the game. Yeah. So here we are again with uh, Friday Afternoon Deploy. Uh, we got Tyrell here. Hey. He's uh, he's back from the deer woods. Yeah, I'm back with my mustache and no deer. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of deer, hmm. but didn't get the opportunity to take a deer. Hmm. So, Did you have fun though? Yeah, I love being out in the woods in general. Like I'm a big uh, hiker and runner, uh, running trail and things like that. So, uh, more than anything, I got to nap in a tree stand in the woods, which is uh, a fun and terrifying experience, all in and of itself. Falling asleep 25 feet in the air, waiting for the sun to come up or for a deer to walk quietly into the space you're, you're climbed up into. Yeah, and, and sometimes those deer stands are like super small, like a chair strapped to yeah. a tree. Yeah, so my, my climbing stand is a chair. Thankfully, it's got a rail around me, mm. so I, I don't feel super unsafe but obviously i i'm not safe mm-hmm. so i don't sleep well mm-hmm. but uh so i constantly kind of wake up in a state of like, i'm about to fall but i'm, I'm not <laughs> but my body's just you know trying to continue to keep me alive and i appreciate that um but what was funny was uh, one evening i took a nap while i was ground like i was ground hunting from a spot where i had a really good view and I was super tired because I had been up since 4.30 in the morning. And uh, so I laid down for a second just on the ground to nap because it was like 3.30 in the afternoon or something because we got to our places early. And uh, I, I kept having that sensation sleeping on the ground. I would, I would just be like drifting off to sleep and then like, I'm falling. And I'm just like, mm. I'm literally laying on the ground. There's no way I'm falling right now. And it just kept happening. So that I've had that experience after floating. So we, we've gone and floated the Illinois river before not kayak or anything like that just the big giant raft that you know it's basically a party uh um, barge all the way down the the river that was in the illinois i've heard that was the that way with the elk um and yeah can be that where's, way too where's the illinois this that's, is regional river talk now yeah. we're getting into that's awesome <laughs> i think it's uh if i remember right it's like up in sequoia county okay um oklahoma and then comes down into arkansas wait is that by Tahlequah? Yes. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a conversation later about me almost being killed on that river Did by you? some really drunk people. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I hope it wasn't me. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a very, uh, very drunk people at a campsite that I, I asked to turn the music down because it was two in the morning. Oh, no. And they wanted to party on. And I, mm. I, I found, uh, briefly, I found that... Uh, I really confused them by being civil with them. Like I walked up and was like, hey, can you turn the music down? <laughs> and they're just like, we were here first. I was like, yeah, for sure. Uh, we're not going to stop partying. I was like, no, no, I'm not asking you to stop partying, but could you turn the music down? And they're like, uh, we, we're going to party though. I was like, please, yeah, party, party on, Wayne. Go for it. <laughs> but could you turn that music down a little so I could go to sleep? And he was just like, it, it, it like it short circuited the brain that I was not being aggressive with him in, I, in, in asking him to do that's that. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, I, I, he literally said something, something to the effect of, I tell you what, you respect me, I'm gonna respect you. 
we're not going to stop partying, but we're going to turn the music down. And I was like, how did that work? Oh, God, I'm not going to get stabbed now. That's awesome. You disarmed him. I did. You know, with, with, with pacifism. It, well, it, sort of. It yeah. worked. It yeah. Just, yeah. It's with reason, I think. But I decided after that, never camping in Oklahoma again. Nope. I know it wasn't me then because we, we're just, we've always been the afternoon like crowd that gets on the bus, goes up river, spends like, you know, whatever amount of time going down river. Then we, we get in our cars and we drive back home. Never camped on the river like that. It's always just an afternoon thing. One time though, it was right after a large rain and we had to sign a waiver to be able to go down the river. And it was, it was such a fast trip that it was exciting, but it was, it was over in no time because the river was moving so fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we also have, uh, we have Hayden with us as well. <laughs> I am here. I've not been to the deer woods. That was, that was the <laughs> longest, most meandering <laughs> introduction in the history of podcasts. I screwed that up. Sorry. Duh. Oh, that was good. So you've not been to the deer woods recently or ever? No, ever. I've never hunted before. Okay. Fishing is the extent of my, it's not really hunting. What would you say? Like animal catching? <laughs> yeah. Catching. It, Cause it is, it is similar in that it, it's sort of the you versus nature mentality and, and you're doing a little bit of like subterfuge with the fish of like pretending like that is a great way to put it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <huge>. yeah. <laughs> all, all the best fishermen I know would never be able to like subterfuge. Of yeah, fish. That's like, this a, is what happens happen. when software engineers talk about outdoors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a stat in Skyrim or something. Yeah. yeah. Subterfuge. <laughs> yeah. My subterfuge level is pretty what's high. Your, what's your decks? It's, it's pretty roll, good. Roll, roll for fish. What's your deck? I can make that jig look like a little grub that just fell into the water there, and the that's and the crappie they they just lose their minds. Uh, that that's fun too. I I I enjoy that bass fishing, crappie fishing, cat fishing. Not so much. Both online and in the pond. <laughs> I thankfully never had any online catfishing. <laughs> I did grow up catfishing down in South Texas, though. Caught a lot of them. Did you guys use the ever use the milk jug with the big hook on it, and you just leave it? No, I didn't do that one. Forget it. Yeah. Well, that's maybe that what I think. Sound like of. fishing at that point. Yeah, that may be why I don't like catfishing like so much. Trapping. It's a lot more like that, right? Because then you just go check it, or you sit out there and you you drink a a beverage, and uh, and you wait for the the milk jugs to bob up and down, and you're like, oh, got one. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, I do know those. I, mm. I yeah, I realize what you're. It's basically like a bobber. You put like a so. chicken leg. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, no, it's exactly what you do. Yeah, you're after like gar and yeah. and uh, and catfish, but not like you know, not channel cat, like the big, big guys that have been eating corn in a pond for five years. Yeah, that's just like a step away from noodling. Oh man, that I've not done. I don't. I don't think I'd be good at it. Uh, I've, I have some friends who, who've done some noodling and, uh, can we define noodling real quick? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, good. No, good this call. is fun. Yeah. Noodling is, uh, for, for all those listening potentially outside of Arkansas and the, the great American mid South noodling is the act of, uh, putting your hand in a mud hole in a lake. Generally, I think you can noodle in a river too. Yeah. They've, I think they've got boxes for that, that you presume a fish 
to be in, most likely a catfish. I don't know what other fish would be in there. Uh, and you just grab it. You, you put your hand in there and let the fish bite your hand and you pull it out. It says hand fishing. So you're just fishing with your fingers and you grab it and you just pull it out. And then you've caught this giant fish with your bare hand. So it's essentially biting you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's absolutely biting it's you. It's literally biting you. Yeah. I wish you could see the look on that Hayden's face. It was right pretty now. amazing. That is some I, redneck shit right what, there. What, yes. what was great was I didn't realize Hayden didn't know what noodling was until halfway through explaining it. I looked over and saw the very confused <laughs> and bothered look on his face. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yes. a, that's a real thing uh, that happens. That's and, when you don't, you can't afford bait. So you're like, my fist will be the bait. Yeah. Or you're after like such big. Because I think you're trying to get pretty big catfish when you do that. Yeah. I mean, big enough that they would look at your arm and go, yeah, I could eat that. Yeah, I could totally eat that arm. Yeah. <laughs> or that arm-shaped thing, that arm-shaped fish. I, um, I'm always terrified of the barbs that you get like the, off of a uh, off of catfish. They'll, they'll stick you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hardhead catfish were the worst at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that's uh, so. That's outdoors. <laughs> we should make that a regular segment. We should. <laughs> Sponsored by Cabela's. <laughs> so, so one thing that's kind of interesting is the the fact that there's. So now that we're doing a podcast, there's you. You feel this need to have some sort of unique thing that you're working on or thinking about. And I know that that's something that I've actually struggled with through my entire career as a developer, mm. um, particularly as someone who wants to be community focused and like presenting talks and, and it, doing things at meetups or at conferences or, or things like that. And uh, it's really easy to kind of get frustrated or devalue what your work mm. when it's not something that you feel like you can give a talk about. Yeah. Like I know I've I've often I want to give a talk at, you know, PyCon or DjangoCon or Strange Loop or any other smattering of conferences. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, but I'm not doing any work that's interesting enough to warrant a talk. And so you kind of um it, yeah, it, it loses its value for you in a sense. Uh but the reality is we're we're doing work. All of us are doing work that's significant. It's you know, benefiting our clients. But because we don't feel like, like we can educate other people or hold people's interest by talking about this thing that they've potentially never heard of, um, you, you, you look at it differently. And so I, I, know I, I know coming up to this podcast, I was looking through my week going, what did I do or read that warrants discussion uh, in a podcast? But the reality is that's not necessarily what we're even shooting for with it. Like, we want to just kind of talk about developer life. Like if, if, if we find something, you know, we'll, we'll go into it. Um, and I think we've got some stuff that we've kind of brought up, but just wanting to talk about the pressure to feel like I'm doing something worthy of like, uh, like presenting mm. is, is kind of this false pressure that I know I've dealt with on and yeah. off for a while. I, and, and I think it, you know, it, it supersedes uh, software development in in general, I know it's something I've I've had conversations with Ben about, even with like just just creative writing, right? And 
um, and how I never feel like that's ever good enough. Like sometimes I'll start something and I'm like, no, nope, I wouldn't read that. Yeah. And, and that's the, the big problem. My bar is set so high with what I consider to be high quality content that I, I judge my own so, so harshly, you know? Yeah. And, and it's interesting because it seems as if I know I, I have this concern that if it's something that other people have some sort of awareness of, then it's not, uh, it's not as valuable. Mm. Like I'm not breaking news. I'm not mm-hmm. bringing some, some new cool thing off of hacker news or whatever yeah. uh, to the masses. Uh, then, then it's not worth talking about. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's just kind of this weird thing. And in, in, I think in a lot of places, but definitely dev culture. Sure. Yeah. If, if the work I'm doing isn't interesting enough, then I can't contribute at a community level. And I mean, if that's what our podcast is trying to do, yeah. contribute to the community level, start oh, a conversation. We don't know what it's trying to do. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> we're if still that's figuring one of the things, that out. If that's one of the things we're hoping it does. Right. It, right. It, it gives us the ability to dispel that. And so we can just kind of hang out and talk about uh, things that, that aren't necessarily like the, the hippest, newest thing. Um, but are still a part of our daily lives. And therefore they're a part of everybody's daily lives because we all build the same terrible software and fix the same terrible bugs that we give to each other as presents. Merry Christmas. I made you a bug. (laughs) You get to open it in February. Squash it. And uh, yeah, so that brings us to our segment about Git. (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing there. Um, get revert get revert that's uh get reset hard yeah i i know like three git commands really well i don't know what they are but i'm i'm sure i know three i've got i've got <laughs> i've got like five git commands in my bash history that mm. i know really well. <laughs> i just learned the control r trick uh from hayden just like you know a, a few months back See, I'm I'm aware of it because of you through Hayden, mm-hmm. but I've still not regularly implemented it. I'm surprised it's still such a underground thing because um, I recall there was a big um, earth-shattering moment where somebody revealed that in the NWA devs general chat recently, and everybody was like, "Oh my god! Like, how have I gone so long without knowing about this?" And now you have to and- explain it because mm-hmm. there are others that may not know. Yeah. Give us the R. So whenever you're in bash, you can just hit control R and it'll do a reverse lookup on the commands that you previously entered. And it's just really useful to page back through the commands that you've entered previously. Yeah. And I, I've seen people do really clever things with grep and stuff to try and, and, and find their commands in, in the bash file. I've seen people that, save you know uh, a separate bash file yeah save their bash history yeah exactly and 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 come to find out you don't have to do any of that like that's already built in someone someone thought about that um so that's the only way that i can remember how to deploy ansible playbooks personally is just control r otherwise i'd have to go and dig through documentation to go because i can never really remember is it ansible play ansible dash playbook you know and, and what all arguments go into that yeah, Z shell does has a nice autocomplete. Yes, it does. Uh, and you can also kind of start typing the first of your commands, mm-hmm. and then 
uh, just you know push up as if you're paging through your bash history, and it'll it'll bring it in the context of just what uh, you, the first word is, rather than cycling through your entire bash history. I think that's exclusive to Z Shell. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think bash would just kind of do your whole history, but I, I could be wrong there. Any any bash advocates can certainly correct me. Yeah, I think in the comments of whatever you're listening to this <laughs> i think bash bash might the up the up kind of kind of works on that one of the big things that i try not to let just really ruin me is is the um like how you don't even have to do cd to change directory in seashell so you can just do the directory name and bam you're what in yeah you're kidding me. no don't do it though because then you'll you'll get on a server like i was a little while ago and you're all like you know trying to get into you your just type app the directory yeah name? yeah and the CD is assumed, right? Because what else would you be doing by listing, you know, naming a directory? Can you can you auto complete the directory name? Yeah, without the CD. Yep. <sighs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure. My life will never be the same. I didn't know that. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm still learning stuff about Z Shell all the yeah, time. Z Shell's got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. For yep. sure. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I'm I'm horrible horrible about just pushing up until i find what i want to run mm-hmm. instead of typing it like yeah i know that i've pushed up at least 20 times yeah and then to, I start- avoid, to avoid typing a 10 character do you ever command do you ever rationalize like the like i hit that 10 times but i only had to use one finger <laughs> so it was more efficient still <laughs> i just prefer not to think about it oh gotcha because, i mean obviously yeah. it's not more efficient because you can hit I, well, I mean, I guess you can hit more keys in succession with succession, succession with multiple fingers and you can just like one over and over and over. Yeah. But maybe not. That's true. And then the, back to the control R that you can just type the first three letters or whatever control R and then it's all like this and you, you just keep typing until you you get, you know, like, no, that one. Yeah. Apparently reverse I search is the appropriate name for what control R brings up. Right on. Interesting. Uh, I I for interactive, I guess. I'll guess. Yeah. Maybe. Um, Yeah. Put like, share that with us, Hayden, so we can put that in the show notes or something. Okay. Yeah. And I just want to see it. I want to see the origin of this thing. It'd be nice. I used to get really big into, well, I'm not, uh, I, I wouldn't say I got really big into, but uh, briefly, um, I, I got uh, into wanting to customize my dot files pretty extensively um, and like having Seashell and all kind of shortcuts and aliases mm. and all this stuff. And so I, my, my dot files are committed to my GitHub repo. And like my dot files are, <clears throat> my dot files are forked off of uh, Zach Coleman's dot files, who's a pretty well-known former GitHubber Ruby guy whose dot files are forked off of Ryan Bates's uh, dot files. Who's the, the guy who created Railscast? Um, so I'm like three, three dot files removed from, from Ryan Bates. Um, so that's pretty sweet, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I'm you're, dumb. You're what, so humble. What, what was funny was, uh, and rightfully so a friend of mine was like, man, careful. Just pull in other folks' dot files because they'll alias stuff that you're not mm. expecting. And I forget what Git command they they aliased prune to, 
but I mistakenly fired off a get prune and lost a bunch of stuff that oh, I hadn't man. intended to lose. Thanks. I was just like, get pee for pull, right? That makes sense. I was like, no, that's prune. Mm. You, went, you meant get L. Wait, what, why, would, why would get L be pull? Yeah, so uh, I, I um, you know, gets magical enough to me that, that I haven't done a lot of that. I did starting out, but, and then I didn't know about all the built-in shortcuts in, in Seashell uh, with Git, and then uh, was exposed to that, and then started just, you know, tr- basically abusing that for like a week, and then I've kind of whittled it down to like two or three that I use regularly. Like, so if I want to, um, like, list everything that is uh, being tracked i just use gst instead of like git status or whatever mm. yeah, yeah uh and the git commit message i've always hated typing that out and uh so gc msg will do a, a git commit uh with the, with the message like that okay does it pull up the full screen editor like the no, vim or no, nano just, or whatever you just do it in, in oh in, in a string yeah so this one kind of changed my life. Uh, git commit or GC dash AM. Hmm. And that's add and message all at the same time. So you don't have to do a git add, then git message. Nice. Yeah. So what's the message? Whatever you want it to be. But like you, so, so it, it's in line. So you do git. Got, git oh, gotcha. Okay. Git uh, commit, then dash AM, and then open string, type your commit message, close, and then send it. Boom. All in one. Nice. Yeah. I have to remember that. That's good. Mm-hmm. And yet I've still not been motivated enough to alias git push origin set. Like when I have a new branch to set yeah, the upstream. I, I, yeah. I always alias that on every, um, every dev machine I have, but it always takes me at least six to six months to a year on a machine <laughs> before I get tired of having to like, copy and paste the suggestion out of my terminal mm-hmm. to actually alias it and, and do it. For some reason, that one, I was like, ah. I, it's the one I always forget. Oh, yeah. And then it, I don't do it enough, um, especially if I'm using like some sort of uh, Atlassian project where they're creating branch names for you off of cards like in Jira or things like that. Gotcha, yeah. Um, so I just take take the branch names that way instead of having to push new branches so i i um i autocomplete helps me out on that a lot um i i tend to work in one branch for quite a while even even though i you know merge it back into master or whatever but like because i you know if i'm working on a feature i just keep working on that same branch but naming it after the cards that's that's smart especially on a larger team mm. when you you need to keep up with what what is this you know <laughs> what even is this what what even is this that's that's what it's like working on a larger team mm. i think i haven't done that much i see your ah do you need this you're 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 spinning here's, the guinness opener here's the bottle opener yes guinness for guinness Guinness for Guinness, yeah. I don't know how I had the the hankering for some Guinness. So um, I didn't mean for the Git segment to actually be a segment. But it was <laughs> it, like, talk about Git. It's like, well, I kind of do that some, sometimes, so sure. One thing I saw that was interesting was in the last two days, I've seen two brand new Linux distros. Uh, surface yeah um, so you were showing me one earlier which which one was that well uh i i the newest one and this one actually just surfaced 
on Hacker News because I mean, why? What better thing to do right before your podcast than to cruise Hacker News? Um, I, I will quickly state that if um, if you're aware of Hacker News, but you just want a highly distilled, very cynical. We'll fix that in post. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah. So I'll say that if you're already aware of Hacker News, but you're interested in a highly distilled and very cynical version of that, you can go to Endgate, and it's like the snarkiest retelling of Hacker News uh, articles ever, and it's amazing. And it's just like a weekly recap of of what it in gatecom it's going in the slack right now. <laughs> yeah, I gotta look at this. Oh wow. It's it's beautiful. Um and oh. it will make your life <laughs> so much better. That's not is that Comic Sans? Uh, it is some, Comic Sans. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Comic Sans. It, it's something it's, similar. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the best way to consume hacker news. Oh um, man. By oh, far. I love the, the yes. The first article says we're in a golden age for amateur radio. Indeed. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I'm an amateur radio guy, so I apologize in advance for being that nerd. Well, I was thinking more of our podcast being amateur radio. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, this one's actually talking about like ham radio. Um, oh, ham gotcha. radio? Ham radio. Yeah. Amateur radio operators, like people with... Uh, um, I think you know, he, So what's, what is ham radio? Oh, gosh. that don't know. Oh, man. So ham radio would be... Um, it's similar to uh, now. Now I'm super nervous because all, all my fellow hams, if there are any that listen to this podcast, will will beat me up for misrepresenting ham radio. Um, Is it like pirate radio? No, it's it's no. it's two way communication. So it'd basically be like a CB, but at a different frequency that is restricted. A citizen band radio, if you know what a CB is, it's it's like a walkie talkie. Yeah, like the truckers use at its simplest, except they, they truckers use CBs. Amateur radio um, operators um, have higher power radios um, and can have very high power radios to communicate uh, all over the world, really. Um, and that's why they're licensed. So you have to have a license to be a ham radio operator gotcha. or an amateur radio operator. Um, you have a call sign. So my call sign is KG5RHT um, when, I'm, when I'm communicating via amateur radio. I have, to, I have to give my call sign, just like a, an actual radio station mm. would have to give its call sign once an hour. So you're licensed? Mm-hmm. I'm a licensed technician class amateur radio operator. So where do you take, a, where do you get like certified? So it, there's a couple of different ham, um, ham clubs in the area, amateur radio clubs, and they will offer tests once a month, I believe, or once every couple of months. Like Hogville Hams is, is the club that I went to to take my test. So you'll study. Um, study all this and it, it covers electronics you're covering uh, radio waves you're covering um, licensing issues so legal things you, you uh, the traveling of sound waves all of these things are required because you are you do become a radio station you're mm. you have the power to broadcast like very far away most fm radio stations i mean most fm radios like uh, commercial fm radio bandwidth is prohibited from like amateur radio operators from operating on those frequencies prohibited but, prohibited uh well you'd have to buy um i mean yeah you'd have to buy equipment and you'd make your own uh, pirate radio 
but then the FCC is going to come get you and take well, your ticket. Yeah, of course. But, but interesting. Yeah. So yeah, amateur radio is, is a really amazing hobby. Um, I got into it from working at the public radio station. Um, our, our radio, our, our engineer at that radio station was a ham guy and he got me into it. And so, but it brings together like soldering and working with electrical components and things of that nature yeah. and, and working with amplifiers and, and antennas and learning RF, uh, uh, frequencies and, and all of that kind of stuff, radio wave propagation. So what are you trying to do? Like, are you just trying to broadcast something? Are you like trying to communicate with other, amateur? communicate with other amateur radio operators? Gotcha. That's the end goal. Like mm-hmm. talking to folks from all over the place and actually talking or is it, you know, are you playing different sound bites to them? Like, is it, so there's different modes. There's, there's different modes of amateur radio. You can do, um, you can talk and that's just, um, oh gosh, how have I forgotten that term? Again, I'm going to get beat up. I apologize. So there, there's actually talking back and forth um, that, that you can do. But then um, Morse code, or as we refer to it as CW, um, you can communicate with CW. You can do digital modes where you can actually like send stuff back and forth, almost like your old dial-up modem would. Mm-hmm. You can do that via radio waves. So you can send images, you can send files via these radio waves and receive them in and you know basically take them in and out of these digital modes that's far out yeah you totally i yeah of course you can because that's like tv yeah. like old you know but i hadn't thought of that that's interesting now i now i'm totally interested yeah i long, had no idea that this was even a thing yeah no it's awesome i knew it was a thing but i didn't know the extent of it I, and and i know it can that's another thing that can be intimidating oh that, very you know, very much so yeah right so um but how so how long does a certification last um indefinitely if you renew it and renewals do not require anything other than saying like i still want my license it's kind of like a and, and some license. and some money i i think it's i haven't had to renew yet it's negligible in cost I, i've been a bit of a bad uh ham radio operator because i was very excited at first and got my first um hand hand like handheld radio ht a small radio um, and that's very limiting because you've only got so much power. You can only work off of repeaters, which are like the towers that repeat your signal and broadcast it. And, you know, different people communicate those ways. And they'll have like uh, um, nets, what's, what's called as, what is called as a net. And it's basically like a ham radio meetup where everybody talks to each other across this specific repeater at this specific time every week. And I got involved in all of those things when I first got my ticket. That's what they call your, that's what you call your license, your ticket. Um, and then I just kind of got busy and didn't get to invest in the stuff I had originally wanted to, like learning, uh, learning Morse code and investing in a rig. Because what's really great is to do what's called, um, uh, it's, it's doing like low power operating. Um, let me, hold on. I'm going to actually like pause time in podcast land to look this up. Pause. QR. The, everything has abbreviations in ham radio. Um, so yeah. like it's, yeah. What's, uh, what's CW? CW is, is shortwave. Mm. I mean, it's, um, Morse code. I forget what it technically stands for. Mm. Carrier wave. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Anyway, give me a second. I'll actually, we're still paused. It doesn't matter. I just got to go find this when I edit it. Yeah. yeah. Note to myself. Continuous wave. Ah, um, cure. So one thing that's really fun to do is, is like QRP transmission, which is really low power. So you're basically going out there and 
you want to go, uh, it's actually really great here in the Ozarks. You go find someplace tall and you have a little bit of power. And generally you'll use, you know, Morse code, CW, it's, um, it's a continuous wave. Um, and you broadcast there and that will go further than, than most things. And so you're trying to make contacts. And so it kind of becomes like this game of like, who can I reach? Another really awesome thing that you can do is using uh, satellites. They have satellites that have repeaters on them that fly overhead. Um, and you can communicate with people from a much further distance by bouncing your signal off the satellite. Um, and, and, and I could go on and on. When you get into lower frequencies, you can bounce stuff off of the ionosphere. So you can communicate even that, further away. I was going to ask that. I've been, waiting, I've been waiting for the right spot to ask about that. I, I've read about that. I'm reading Krypton and Macan right now. And yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's all ham radio gotcha. operating. That's amateur radio operation. Cool. So. Yeah. That's, uh, that's awesome. Thanks, Tyrell. Yeah, for, for sure. For I've, sharing. I've blathered on enough. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a fascinating hobby. And um, we, I'll, should, we, should, uh, we should incorporate that and have like a ham radio segment. Yeah. Where, where you, <laughs> <laughs> we, we make you research something. Oh, yeah. and then, I, yeah. Honestly, it's probably be good for me to, to have to do that. I was just chatting with some friends earlier today about wanting to upgrade my, or just get, um, get better at it, get my Morse code so I can go out and do some, um, some backwoods ham radio operation and, and connect with folks. Yeah, that's fun. So, uh, so, so I think we somehow got onto that. From Linux distributions. <laughs> yeah. So because oh, we went, we went, we were talking hacker news, and I mentioned Engate, and of course the, the first, and we went down the Engate rabbit hole that we didn't even know existed until now. Yeah. And well, here, let me read the headline that that um, that that caught our attention. The first annotated um, hacker news article that, that Hayden pointed out is. We're in a golden age for amateur radio is the name of the post, which is actually a really good post. I've read it. You should, you should guys, we'll, we'll link to it so you can kind of get an idea of it. It says, an internet declares the current era to be the best ever for a hobby, despite having no experience with any preceding errors of the hobby. Hacker News is happy to lecture one another about the proper method for engagement, then relay nostalgic stories from the last few golden ages. Um, so that's just an, a description of, of what happened, particularly this, the description of what happens in the comments is really always great uh, because everybody knows you go to Hacker News to read the crazy comments. Mm -hmm. That's why I go to YouTube. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even watch videos I anymore. I don't know what's worse. <laughs> they're, they're both uniquely terrible. Um, but yeah, there was a, a new Linux distro. Yeah, um, so, so tell us about that. Elementary OS, which is a security... They, they say a privacy-respecting replacement for Windows and OS, and uh, it looks real pretty. I haven't dug into it. it they say it's, it's based on Linux, so I don't know if it's like a reskinning of something like um, Debian or anything like that. But it, I, I, love, I love how you can basically have your own Linux for whatever you want. Um, that's, that's great and hilarious to me because, I mean, just the day before... I saw someone built like a Rust Linux-like operating system that's an open-sourced one that's called Redox. Um, and so this, the open-source operating systems just kind of become this rabbit hole of specificity. Like mm. whatever I'm interested in, I'm going to make an operating system for. Uh, well, and it's almost like a religious thing too amongst people that use Linux. It's like which one best a lot 
which one best aligns with my open source religious beliefs? Oh, for sure. And there, there's a website out there I don't remember now. When I was first getting into Linux, um, it's like basically you know perpetuates that with with like the distro wars, and that it has um, stuff on that that it's keeping up with, which like I said, kind of just perpetuates the the distro wars of of who's winning. Like, kind of think it's uh, CentOS these days, maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought about getting into that whole world for a little while. I mean, it's it's cool from a engineer's perspective, like just the amount of flexibility that it provides you with, um, you know, in comparison to a Windows or Mac operating system, um, just depending on which distro and uh, desktop environment that you use, but. It's just so much work, it seems like, to, to go through and customize everything the way you want it, figure out all your key binds, and just, you get, you get too locked into your way of doing things, and then, like, trying to rearrange everything all at once just becomes a very overwhelming thing to even consider. Yeah, totally, especially if you're using Arch Linux, which I... <laughs> I was about to bring... I think, yeah. I, always, I thought of Arch Linux because you were talking about that. I think anyone interested in operating systems, and especially Linux, you, sh you should set up an Arch Linux distribution on a machine um, just to kind of get an appreciation because, I mean, it's walking you through, do you want the Grub bootloader or some obscure bootloader? Like, you know, and so you get to see from a kernel level which which Linux is right at, at you know fundamentally, and then you put whatever desktop on it you want. Um, but but the the you know the pain there is like it's not always going to work. Some of these things won't work together. I was about to say I I love the flexibility Linux provides until it comes to interacting with hardware, and you're very limited in your drivers, especially oh, yeah. like you know with Nvidia and and you know your 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 video card your graphic graphics card um and all that like yeah i to to speak what's funny when you mention arts linux uh the analogy that i have for arts linux is like with linux it's like you have a box of legos that you put together in most cases and some of them you have like a fancy box set that's like, like this is the star wars legos and it's got directions on how to build star wars stuff and some of them's just like here's this box of legos build whatever you want with Arch Linux, it's just like, here's some molds that you can smelt plastic and make your own Lego blocks with <laughs> and then play yeah. with them afterwards. That's pretty good. It's yeah. great. Yeah, so you end up with a very, you know, I, I would be really impressed to see a very polished, and I'm sure there's there's few out there that have, and maybe more than few, that, but I'm not one. I, I gave up and just started using uh, Ubuntu. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, the the customability, the customability, yes, all right, customability, customizability. customizability. That's the word. Um, can be really handy um, for things. Um, for example, I'll do security work from time to time, and Kali Linux is great for that. Yes, and, and so you just have all of these great uh, security tools right out of the gate, and you can you can uh, have like a live loading USB of that, and just jump right into it. And so Cali, that's awesome. Cali Linux is pretty amazing. It's, it's like, you know, here's a battleship, uh, but we're not going to tell you how to drive it. 
<laughs> you know, and, and so, um, I, I went to NTI and, and, um, there was a, a semester of, uh, network security that we had. And, uh, so it was fun. Mr. Robot had just come out. Oh man. Yeah. And so I, I would don my hoodie, um, every Friday was this class. And then it was like a, I want to say a four hour long class. And it may have been longer than that because really, you know, sitting down for any shorter period with Kali Linux and, and trying to pen test a network, like, you know, you need at least four hours at a time to sit down and do that. And so I was always excited, um, to do that. And, uh, it was interesting trying to tell people at that time, like, what are you doing tomorrow? Huh? You know, going to my hacking class, basically like hacking class. Like, yes, we're, we're literally going to try and break into a network to see, see if we can, but that's, that's penetration testing, right? Yep. You, you know? Um, and, and, uh, yeah, all that's really fascinating. I, I've only learned to use like three tools on Cali. Linux. You don't need a whole lot of tools. That's, that's the thing in, in the little bit of, of security work and penetration testing I've done. Um, the lowest common denominators can most of the time cause the most damage. It's, it's, it's great that it's got so many tools that can go so deep, but most of the time, I mean, shoot, a set social engineering toolkit that comes with, with Cali out of the box. I've, I've always get like way more benefit from social engineering stuff than from actually like network stuff. Now, depending on the engagement, they're going to want you to test all the network. And so you need those tools, but it, the easiest way to reap rewards when it comes to penetration testing is test the people's social engineering. Yeah. Yep. That, that came up, you know, that's come up from time to time. Like, and, uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that you, you think of hacking and, and you read about hacks, hear about it on the news and stuff. And you imagine some kind of magical tools that they're using, but really they're just usually hacking people to get passwords and stuff like that. And so, uh, be careful with your passwords and don't ever give them out to, to someone. Use the password. I just write all mine on post-it notes. <laughs> <laughs> Put them under your keyboard or in the bottom of your laptop. No way no one knows. Yeah. That's great. Just use one and it's, yeah. you know, there you go. One last Linux distro for, for everyone to go Google um, because they, they actually have this or it did for a while. I don't know if, if there's still downloadable images of it, but it, there's a, a Hannah Montana Linux distro. <laughs> I'm glad you brought us there finally. I, I kept trying yeah. to find it. Yeah. So you showed me an image of that. There's yeah. really, that's something that we got to put in the show notes. You yeah, just, for you, sure. You have to experience that firsthand. Yeah. And I think it's just a Debian distro that's skinned with Hannah Montana imagery. But the fact that someone who was, who, who had the, 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 the love for Hannah Montana and the know-how to, to package a distro um <laughs> like i don't know that that's awesome like it's a little scary i think like oh that was probably a grown man who really loved Hannah montana that much that's a little uncomfortable yeah yeah that's true um yeah <laughs> it, i mean it could have been a woman as well just as easily it doesn't make it any less awkward, I think. No. But hey, no. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. And that distro was around for a while. I, again, I don't know if there's actually downloadable images of it still, but it's, it's there. One of the many contributions of the internet. So we, uh, we've covered some interesting ground. <laughs> Most of it not planned. Yeah. I've learned a lot today, actually. I yeah. this has been my favorite one so far. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, we've got some 
Well, but that's the great thing about the podcast is, you know, we definitely want to have topics to cover, but when we actually start talking and kind of just um, having conversations, you can go all kind of places. This is true. This is true. Um, So, yeah. Uh, You know, saying goodbye is the hardest part. (laughs) I thought it was the waiting. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.